2: What's up everybody? Welcome to the Early Read Betside. It's college football betting show. Conference Championship week is here and we are here to give you some winners. We are joined today by Bill Regeski at CFB Data on Twitter, of course, the creator of collegefootballdata.com, a website I use at least weekly to uh, you know, generate some numbers and stuff like that, pull some advanced numbers. I mean, Bill's site is one of a kind. I truly appreciate the work he does, and I truly appreciate that he's on the show. Bill is also a Michigan fan, I just found out. So he is in a good mood after Michigan beats Ohio State, adding another wrinkle into the college football playoff discussion. Uh, Another crazy rivalry week. I mean, teams are kind of dropping like flies here. We're going to get into it. But we see Clemson eject itself in the college football playoff race. TCU maybe locks up a college football playoff spot. Caleb Williams locks up the Heisman and maybe also gets USC a college wall playoff spot. So a lot to discuss. Bill, I know you're very busy. I appreciate you coming on the show. How's it going? And I will start by asking you, when did you think Michigan was actually going to win the game? When? At what what long 50-yard touchdown was it where you're like, oh, we might actually have him today. We might actually do this. We might pull his upset.
3: Well, already, yeah, as you can imagine, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good today. It's been a pretty good week. Um, you know, just been watching a lot of highlight videos on YouTube nonstop, hitting up some Ohio State forums. It's pretty great to, <laughs> to uh, you, know, you know, read some of that after the last uh, 20 years as a Michigan fan in this rivalry. Um, but, yeah, to answer your question, you know, I, I, I was not as pessimistic going into the game as, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of people were. Or I would say a lot of the non-Michigan fans were. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I definitely gave an edge to Ohio State. I think my model had Ohio State at 4.5. Okay. Um, which I think is pretty close to what SP plus and other advanced models had them at, but, you know, hearing, hearing the punditry and everybody talking, everyone was expecting like a really easy one for Ohio state. Um, but, you know, I, I will say, you know, a little, little rough early going in the game there, you know, CJ Stroud just drives down the field, Marvin Harrison jr. You know, it was just completely unreal. You know, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I was a little bit worried, you know, how easily they drove down and then, you know, a little bit worried, you know, finding out that Blake Corum, uh, Michigan's Heisman hopeful mm-hmm. was not going to play. We, we were really optimistic about him all week. It sounded like he was going to be good to go. Got in for a couple plays. was not effective. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I felt pretty good. I said to myself, you know, Michigan all year has been a second half team. I said, they get to halftime and it's a close score. They're, they're, they're going to be good. So, yeah. you know, went into halftime, down three. I was feeling pretty good. Um, and then, you know, I, th- I think, you know, when they first took their first lead, you know, uh, of the second half was. Yeah, when, that uh, broken uh, coverage. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I will say, I think it was the, the first and 35 after the two penalties on the same play for Ohio State. They get down. It's like fourth and six at around like what is it, like 45 or so, plus, slight plus territory. And you see CJ Shroud is like, all right, like we're good. Like we're, we're going to go for it. this. We got this. And Ryan Day is like, no, no, no we're going to punt. We're going to punt. No. After that, I was like, this is, oh this is not going well. And we see in the comments, put some respect on JJ McCarthy. Yeah. Game. I listen, I would. <laughs> I was beating the drum. I didn't know if Michigan was going to be able to take the top off the Ohio State defense, and I was one hundred percent wrong. They absolutely yeah. could have. Um, you know, I said they were outside the top one hundred in pass plays over ten plus yards, twenty plus yards. They were outside the top ninety, so I didn't think they had that vertical passing game yeah. to beat Ohio State. I, I yeah.
3: mean, I mean, you fi- you figure you got Blake Horam, you got Donovan Edwards, Jim Harbaugh, Saul offense. They they didn't need to pass. I mean, yeah. they, they didn't. Uh, but if you know watching JJ McCarthy all year, it does not come as a shock. Um, you know his n- numbers were a little misleading. He, his receivers were not helping him in the past few weeks. But if you look at things like like guys that chart, you know these things like Mgo Blogs, the big Michigan site, Man. charting things like downfield success rate. You know where it kind of accounts for receiver drops. He's been putting up even in his worst outings, like really solid, great numbers. Um, so. Yeah, but and also, like, no, no, nobody nobody really stacked the box and dared Michigan, JJ yeah. McCarthy, to, to beat them with his arm until you know, Ohio State with it yeah, without it, And then, how that went, yeah, yeah. we saw how that went.
2: Uh, but no, so yeah, that was so. Of course, Michigan beats Ohio State in the horseshoe 45 23, kind of the big uh point data point of last week, but there was a lot of things that also fell into place for the college football playoff. Clemson loses to South Carolina in embarrassing fashion, in my opinion. I mean. I was talking last week how it was kind of setting up for Clemson to maybe sneak their way into this top four after everything went wrong for them against Notre Dame. They've kind of underwhelmed compared to the elite talents this year. They can't get it done against South Carolina. No hangover for Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks. They come, go in um, as two touchdown underdogs and beat Clemson. So it's kind of setting up, in my opinion, just to reset here, the odds to win the national championship. Georgia, clear favor, minus 160. Michigan, plus 300. And then you see, I saw as of this morning, Ohio State is still the third choice at 10 to 1. USC and TCU are both 12 to 1. Bama, a long shot at uh, plus 4,000. So things are starting to set up here. So, Bill, what I was going to ask you about is Georgia and Michigan, I think, are in, even with losses, which I think we could both agree are very unlikely. They're both three, uh, three possession favorites. To me, I think TCU is in, even with a loss, unless, of course, they lose big, like blowout fashion. If TCU even loses a competitive game to Kansas state, which is possible, uh, I still think TCU's in. I think if USC loses, I think Ohio state gets in over USC. I think that's going to be the real big debate here. Is the top four already set? So Bill, I'll ask you, do you think the top four is set or do you think Ohio state has a prayer? I guess you could, we could throw Alabama in there as well.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think they certainly have a prayer. Um, you know, I agree with that. I think Michigan, Georgia clearly locks. I think TCU should be a lock. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Should be locked. I mean, one loss, you know, you know, Power Five championship game appearance. Um, you know, as far as you know, Ohio State versus USC. If USC loses, honestly, I mean, I'm really, I'm really curious to see how the how these things shake out with the the rankings tonight with the committee. Um, I mean, I've been pretty shocked by some of the committee's choices already this year. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the you know, not and the, the one thing I know is they haven't really been doing a really good job of explaining some of their rhyme or reasons. Of course not. For, of for some it. of their ordering, like I think they had Clemson at like two or three early in the year, and everyone's like, "How is Clemson a two or a three team?" You know, like I, everyone knew it. Everyone knew they yeah. were not a two or like a four. You know, so um, I mean, I it, the, the LSU initial LSU ranking kind of blew everybody's mind having them a mm-hmm. the top ten team. Had, I mean, they justified it by beating Bama, but then of <laughs> course, not so much this week. So, um, but, but yeah, no, I mean, to your point about oh, I, I, I mean, with this committee, I I, I could see them putting Bama ahead of Ohio State. Should Bama be ahead of Ohio State? No, they shouldn't. I don't think they should. But with this committee,
2: I I could see it. I I think it's the real – I personally don't think Bama has a chance of getting in. I think it's indicated in the odds are plus 4,000. I just – I think TCU is way in. It's a matter of if USC can beat Utah. Because if you just look at the resumes, USC will have two losses to a three-loss Utah team. Understand it's on the road. It's on neutral. But – Ohio State only has one loss. Uh, it's at home against Michigan, who is now the number two team in the country. They each both beat Notre Dame and Ohio State went to Penn state and beat them by double digits. That's kind of the best win of any of these teams yeah. here, Ohio state. I mean, Penn state, they might flirt with the top 10 this week with how they're playing. They don't have necessarily a bad loss on their resume. So I think the committee is going to justify putting Ohio state in and it kind of sets up uh, Georgia, Ohio state one, four, potentially. I think that's the worst thing Georgia wants. I don't think – I still think Ohio State – I mean, listen, they were – they closed a nine-point favorite against Michigan. I think Georgia, they would much rather see USC and this luck – we're going to get to them. Their luck box, Caleb Williams uh, circus show. I don't think they want to see Ohio State just from a pure talent perspective, in my opinion. What do you think – I guess who would Georgia – or who would, I guess, the top three teams not want to see in, USC or Ohio State? <sighs> Are you out of Ohio State or you still believe in them?
3: I I I think Ohio State could certainly do damage. I mean, I'm kind of curious to see how you know if they were to get if they had the opportunity to get into um to to get into the playoff, I'd be curious to see how they respond after that second straight beat down and they're on their home turf
2: but uh, what is um, it was it uh Cardell Jones Ezekiel Elliott they kind of snuck in also and then they ended up going nuts and winning the whole thing so I could see a yeah. lot of that like parallel I don't know if C.J. shroud has kind of I'm not a C.J. shroud guy same I, here I don't know if he has, that next, if yeah. he has that next gear but I could definitely see a team like Ohio State with that talent Getting hot at the right time. And, you know, I wouldn't say Georgia's this unstoppable force like they were last year. I thought last year's Georgia team was much better. I know you do yeah. your own ratings. Um, but I think Ohio State, if they get in, are incredibly dangerous once they are. In.
3: Yeah, they're, they're dangerous. But like I did that to that point, I'll say whether it's a Stroud thing or a day thing, they definitely don't really have that edge. Like you see what mm-hmm. happens under day, they get down early. They don't really have the fight in them to fight back. So, yeah, I think they could do damage against Georgia, but. If they get down early against Georgia, like you saw against Michigan this year and Michigan last year, I, mm, I, 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 you know, that, that, that's kind of the big X factor yeah. there. Can they, can they keep themselves – can they get a lead early and mm-hmm. keep the momentum going? Otherwise, I think you're going to see them fold
2: yeah absolutely so some great stuff on the college football playoff there let's see who's going to make the college football playoff because we just basically broke down it's pretty binary at this point how this is all going to go so let's start here with our picks for conference championship week just a quick recap uh three and four week last week for yours truly still great though 55 46 and one against the spread on early read plays uh Of course, jam that subscribe button, jam that like button, give us five stars. Really appreciate it if you made some money with us this season.
0: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify.
2: Let's cap off the meaningful games before we get to bowl season uh, with a few more winners, and we start on Saturday afternoon. Big Twelve title game, undefeated TCU in a rematch against Kansas State. Current market TCU around a two and a half three point favorite. Total of sixty two. Bill, I'll ask. I'll start with you. Kansas State with Will Howard, better or worse uh, than Kansas State with Adrian Martinez?
3: Ooh. I mean I think I, 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 I think I better think too. Better. They've he he's I mean I mean you I, I mean you figure what what was it it, it was this game TCU Kansas where where AJ Martinez was first hurt, right?
2: And yes, that's kind and of the adversity Will they Howard faced. Ended up getting hurt. Will Howard ended up getting hurt also and went to a third trade. Yeah. Kansas State was up two scores. I was just gonna bring up that box score, but Kansas State was up two scores in Fort Worth, about to hand TCU their first loss, turnover. Injuries, all that uh, stuff kind of goes awry. TCU ends up pulling away 38 28. Um, so that's kind of this setting up the rematch. I personally think the Kansas State passing game is a little bit more alive, though, with Howard over Martinez. So how do you see this game playing out? Yeah,
3: I think I agree. Um, you know, I, and again, I'm l- l- looking at the previous matchup again. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it's a big change when the quarterback, your starting yeah. quarterback, you game plan to go in with gets knocked out in the middle. Um, I know it was a 10-point double-digit, you know, TCU come from behind win, but you know, my metrics show that that game was not as is. It was way close, than the final score indicated. In fact, if you look at the statistics from the previous matchup and analyze all the advanced stats, my post-game win expectancy model gave a slight tilt towards Kansas State. Okay. You know, it said that if you played if you played that exact same game over again, the exact same stats, Kansas State would be favored to win about 59% of the time. Um, and that, that, that of course was in Fort Worth. So, um, you know, I, I actually have the, yeah, the Kansas state money line for this. I, I think it's gonna be a really close game, but you know, I, I, th- I think Kansas state just edges them out.
2: Yeah, no, I think yeah. I saw one of the questions asking like a TCU future holder should hedge. Um. You know, I'm <laughs> typically not a hedge person unless it's like life changing money or anything. If you feel that, I mean, if Kansas state, I don't think a three is going to pop on this game. Cause I think like you said, people are, are keen to this that kansas state was in that game winning that game and the score got lopsided at the end tcu got some momentum but this game's going to be tight and you know tcu the pressure's on them kansas state's coming in with house money chris Kleiman, one of the best coaches against the spread i'm actually looking though at the under 62 this total was 54 and a half what was it five six weeks ago i just i think that the kansas state offense is better with will howard but like you said they could game plan for Howard now. They know what's coming. They know that this passing game is legit, and neither team plays fast. Both in the bottom third in terms of plays per minute. And I like TCU's three-three-five defense with Joe Gillespie, like friend of the program almost. Joe Gillespie, the TCU defensive coordinator. They're top forty in EPA per rush on defense. They just their defense also played a lot better of late. They shut down Texas in Austin to ten points. Um, you know the closings total last week between Kansas State and Kansas was sixty-two. I don't think that this total should be the same because both defenses are better than Kansas's defense. I think that you're going to see kind of a defensive struggle here. Slow start, um, early kickoff on a neutral field. Um, Last week, TC ramped the score against Iowa State, scored 62 points, also only gained 377 yards. They had two pick sixes against that game. So I think that this is inflating the total due to recent performances. So I'm going to take the under 62 as my favorite bet in the Big 12 championship. Bill, any thoughts there on the total?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think I, mean, I can really see it. Going. it, it, it yeah, I mean again look at this match. like it, it's really hard to predict this matchup just because t- to me looking at, again looking at the advanced metrics these teams are like almost like mirror images of each other mm-hmm. um you know w- one of my one of the users of my site put his name uh, at jbuddavis you want to check him out anyone that's on um he puts out these weekly you know a- opponent adjusted epa stats you know accounting for strength of schedule mm-hmm. and you know he literally has his most reasons hard these teams you, you look at their offense and their defensive efficiencies you know they're almost a mirror image. You cannot yeah. really get much closer than these two teams. Like, you know, TCU has, a, you know, slightly better offense, uh, Kansas state, slightly better defense. Um, so, I mean, I, I really have no idea where we're, we in for a <laughs> shootout or we in for a defensive battle, just normal game. Mm-hmm. I, I could see anything here.
2: For sure. So let's yeah. talk to the other significant to the college football playoff. I would say the college football playoff hopes in the balance. Some would say PAC 12 championship, Utah, USC from Las Vegas. This is Friday night, 8 p.m. kick. uh, USC laying three, total of 67. Um, Bill, I'll start with you. Of course, this is the rematch from that thriller. I would say one of the games of the year and what was the craziest week of the year, Utah wins on the cam, rising two-point conversion to beat USC. um, Final score 43-42. Rematch. Caleb Williams, I think, has the Heisman all but wrapped up. He's like minus a million. Uh, USC win they're into the top four they're in the college football playoff does usc get it done uh in vegas i
3: i, I think they do um now yeah. I, I will say i i do have you know uh you know i have you usc winning but not covering in, okay in okay season. that's fair um you know, I, I and again, this, this is based on my computer model, <laughs> so oh, totally playing the computer fine. if you <laughs> um, but yeah, so my computer model it has USC winning, I think, by like a point, so it has okay. it close, but you know, not covering on this one. So I have Utah for for the pick against the spread here, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, get, I mean, look at that last game. I mean, Cam Rising kind of played out of his mind right at the end of that game. Yes. I remember watching that, um, frankly, like, you know, yeah, one of the you know, few. On Michigan games, I've really been—I was really able to really watch a lot this year. I get really busy with, as you can imagine, with the site and everything. I don't get to watch as much football, actually, watch as much football. But I remember watching this one, and Rising just played out of his mind. Um, close game, I believe—I believe it was—it was in Salt Lake City, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I—and it played really evenly too. I think my model had Utah with a 60% post-game win expectancy. from okay. the other game, pretty close to a, a coin flip last time. Um, you know yeah, I, I think it's going to be another close game, another nail biter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking about Caleb Williams, you know, the Eisman runaway front runner. I mean, the question is, do, does he have his Heisman moment? I mean, we know the Eisman's all about largely about narratives these days. Does he, does he step oh, yeah. up, have that, that Heisman moment and, and take USC to the playoffs? Um, I, I think he does. I, I think he leads them there in, in a really close nail biter.
2: Uh, yeah, no, I think we see this eye to eye because I'm a little concerned about this Utah team. I was really high on them going into the season. They kind of fell backwards into this game. I, so I always love Utah. They always, I always give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to take the points here just with the high total. I, I'm waiting on Dalton Kincaid status, the tight end. He had 16 catches for over 200 yards against USC in this game in Salt Lake City. He abs, Him and Cam Rising, that was it. It was them two versus Caleb Williams, basically. Um, he left last week's game against Colorado with an injury. Kyle Whittingham said, like, not serious. We'll see how it goes. Like, didn't rule them out, didn't rule them in. So, I'm going to wait to bet on this one. I just think that this game should be more of a pick. I think, like you said, it was really tight in Salt Lake City. I don't think that much has changed that US, USC should now be laying three. Utah was laying three and a half at home in the first matchup. I think that this is a bit getting a little crazy. If Kincaid's out, this is probably a stay away. So, I'd wait on this one. I just, I always fade USC and it feels like I have to do it again. They are plus 22 in turnover margin. That is eight more than the next best team in Duke. The gap between Duke and another plus eight in terms of turnover margin is a bunch of teams that are tied for 29th in the country. This is like a, the craziest statistical anomaly I've ever seen. I mean, you want to talk last week against Notre Dame, one of the first drives of the game, Jordan Addison, fumble, recovers it himself for a split second, gets knocked out again. They overturn the fumble call and said he had a possession. They get it back. Meanwhile, Notre Dame driving to start the second half, get all the way into like near red zone opportunity, fumble a handoff. Of course, USC falls on it and then it's off to the races. So USC, I can't trust this defense to run away and kind of cover with margin. I know they've beaten up on a lot of teams. Their offense is kind of inevitable, but they don't play very fast and they can't get enough stops against potent offenses. So if Kincaid's in and Cam Rising's correct, I think Utah is going to be able to push this here um, and keep this game close within you know, the field goal. It's a key number of three. I mean, look at some of these numbers on USC. Top 10 or bottom 10 in success rate allowed. 110th in red zone touchdown percentage. When teams get in close, they are scoring six points. And maybe this is the game where the regression monster kind of catches up with USC and maybe there's an inverted interception. Maybe a fumble gets away from them. And Utah got 19 pressures on Caleb Williams in this first matchup. No one's been able to sack him, really. He's been able to run wild and make these crazy plays. Maybe Utah gets home in this game uh, on a neutral site. So I, I, I'm i taking the number with Utah for the sake of the show. I'm going to wait on Kincaid's status. But um, I lean towards Utah, and we'll see uh, if USC could get some revenge. I, I think maybe they do. I'm, I'm not as confident in Utah as I was the first time around. Um, but I think at a total of 67, you got to take the three. got to take the field goal there. So – Uh, Bill sees a close game. I see a close game. Uh, We're both on Utah plus three. So we're going to move to the underdog segment. We're both looking at some group of five uh, conference championship games. So, Bill, I'll start with you. Rematch between UCF and Tulane. A few weeks ago, these teams met um, at Yeoman Stadium at Tulane. Uh, They're running it back now. A lot of questions around here, though. John Reese Plumley left last week with a apparent hamstring injury, some murky quotes from Gus Malzahn. So you're not going to hear much. Don't know how big the drop off is between Plumlee and Mikey Keene, Uh, two different players for sure. But um, Bill, let's hear what do you, how do you see the AAC championship going just to set the market Tulane minus three and a half total 56 and a half.
3: Yeah. um, You know, my, my model, my computer model here has, you know, UCF by uh, half a point um again you can't you can't I mean maybe I should renege on that because obviously you can't really with the one drawback to computer models you can't really uh account for an injury like something to like a starting quarterback as well so um that this might be a a little sus but I mean I mean you figure you know last time you know uh wasn't that particularly close of a game again I know UCF's down down their QB but you know, you know, th- 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 that said, I I like I like UCF against a spread, if not outright here. But again, huge wild card. We'll, we'll have to see what happens.
2: Yeah, I think something to keep in mind here also. Of course, they just met, um, you know, market. There was Tulane closed a one point favorite in that game. They lost 38, 31. UCF went up, I believe it was 28 to seven in the first half. Tulane kind of scratched back in that game. So um, score. I thought UCF I watched that game bet on UCF. I kind of like him again here at over a field goal. Um, I think Plumlee is pretty key to this game because Tulane's defense is more susceptible to the run game. Uh, Plumlee, a dual threat, keen, more of a pocket passer. So I think maybe both play, you know, they kind of sub them in and out based on the drive. So we'll see. I lean towards UCF. I also kind of lean towards the over Um, again, 38, 31 last game. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, Also Willie Fritz potentially interviewing for the Georgia tech job. That's a Tulane head coach, maybe one foot out the door after he gets Tulane. Want well, to say this is their first conference championship game in like twenty years or so. So maybe he's got one foot out the door. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to go. This number's been crashing, but I have a future on Ohio to win the MAC. I've decided I'm not hedging, so this is kind of going to be my bet for this show because I'm just going to let it ride. Um, I had Ohio preseason. I think it was like fourteen to one or sixteen to one, something in the double digits. Letting it ride against T- Toledo. Um, Ohio. They've been good to us all season. They lost Curtis Rourke, and I was a little nervous how this was going to go. CJ Harris, their backup, very different than Rourke, more of a dual threat, could run the ball. Um, looked great against Bowling Green. Uh, 196 yards through the air, pretty solid. Also had 65 on the ground and three rushing touchdowns. And he's facing a Toledo team that, what's what's good here? What? what Jason Candle just falling apart here. They lose to Bowling Green as two touchdown home favorites. Uh, game, it was back, and they should have won. It, Bowling Green scored in the final 30 seconds, but still, two touchdown favorite, that's a bad look. Then they go on the road last week. And they lose as a favorite more than a touchdown to Western Michigan, who just fired their coach. So what is the psyche of this team with starting quarterback Quan Finn? He's been in and out of the lineup for the past few weeks. Uh, Tucker Gleason, the backup, he has a broken hand. He looked like a mess last week when he came in for Finn. So I'm riding the momentum here. Ohio, um, they've won seven straight conference games since losing their opener to Kent State. So I, they haven't won a MAC championship since 1968. I'm riding the momentum. They're an underdog. I don't really see it with Toledo. Banged up at quarterback. Uh, Bill, I know you're an Ohio guy, so maybe you could comment on it, but yeah, um, I'm right, I'm, I'm riding the Bobcats. I think they get off the Schneider first titles in 68. Let's go. I'm not hedging, I'm riding.
3: Yeah, you know, I I, I think you're right. Um, you know, the, the, but, but uh, you the, know, the vibes the, are there, the vibes are no, yeah, right now, first, for sure, based on pure vibes. You know, I'll tell you, the number <laughs> the numbers definitely you know, favor Toledo here, but again, without that context of you know, starting quarterback, backup quarterback being, being banged up. You know, it wouldn't surprise me to see Toledo rally a little bit. I mean, they have something to play for in a conference championship. Of course. You know, maybe that, that gives them a spark. But, you know, I, 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 I think you're right. I think, you know, Ohio's got, got the it. vibes. They've got the motivation. they got the momentum.
2: Yeah, um, I think know, I, I, it, it's not – first of all, Curtis Rourke was playing. Ohio would have won this – they would have boat raced them. They, they would have absolutely t- – they would have uh, destroyed them. This is going to be a different approach, though, uh, with C.J. Harris under center – ground game um, intensive and Toledo's defense kind of susceptible against the run 117 and explosive rush defense, 121st in red zone touchdown percentage allowed. So I think you're going to see Ohio get the push here. And again, momentum right there. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to ride with the Bobcats there. So there's our underdog best bets. Bill's taken UCF. Uh, hopefully John Reese Plumlee goes and I'm going to take Ohio on the money line. i um, and now we're going to move to our trust me bet of the week. This is kind of random. You just got to, it might not be the prettiest. You just got to trust us. This is what we do. We gotta, you got to, you got to just take, uh, take Bill's advice here. So Bill, we're talking ACC championship game. This game has lost a lot, lost a lot of luster. We'll say after yeah. Clemson melts down North Carolina, had Drake may, who was a Heisman favorite for 20 minutes. Uh, they lose to Georgia tech with their third stringer. They lose to North Carolina state last week with their fourth stringer. Basically, uh, you know, me at quarterback so who's getting off the mat here in a game that isn't as important but I guess it's for a conference championship so we'll see how it goes but how do you see this one playing out
3: yeah I mean I, I feel really icky about this but I've you know just because of having not really been sold on Clemson at all this year um you know but that said that that uh that North Carolina defense is just terrible terrible mm-hmm. I mean l- l- looking at all the power five you know, I think really the only defenses that are clearly worse, looking at the metrics, are Colorado and Arizona. So, like, yeah. they're, like, they're like number three or fourth from the bottom. Um, you know, I, I, I have Clemson covering against North Carolina in this one.
2: Yeah, I, I lean your way, too. I don't know if I could get their lane over a touch. I, I was targeting Clemson team total over, like, 37 and a half. And this reminds me a lot of uh, the Notre Dame-North Carolina game earlier this season. Notre Dame just ran all over them, like 5.6 yards per carry, I think. Put up 45 points in Chapel Hill. I could see this game like an over game. I'm just – you know, Clemson – the only reason why I'm concerned laying over a touchdown, let up like 40-plus to Wake, uh, let up 30-plus to South Carolina, like explosive offense. I just wonder if North Carolina is going to push the pace. But then again – you, know, you re- I don't think North Carolina is getting any stops in this game. That's why I lean towards the team total over. So do you have like a score projection? I'm just curious if you have that up in front of you. Like, do you see oh, like an over game? I think it's 63 and a half right now.
3: Yeah, I I don't I don't have like specific team. I put you on the spot there. That's on me. Yeah, you did put me on the spot. <laughs> uh, and I'll i say this is one since I'm actually going against my numbers. My, my 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 numbers have Clemson to win by by, by seven and a half, so seven eight points, so like right out okay. covering. But again, I think you know just looking. I'm going to going to, again going against the model here. Yeah, for I, sure. I think they cover just looking at that how bad that North Carolina defense. Clemson's offense hasn't you know been the greatest at times, but mm. um, you know they I think I run I all think over. them. them. But I um, mean, yeah, but I mean they 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 they've got they got an above average defense and um you know I think they you know I yeah I I, I see them covering here. Yeah, we'll totally
2: yeah, yeah. My <laughs> trusty bet uh we're gonna go under 51 and a half in Michigan Purdue, key number of 51. And I know everyone's gonna remember Michigan just took the top off this Ohio State defense. Uh, four or five touchdowns of 50 plus yards, just absolutely dashed them. This Purdue team is built, though, kind of unlike Ohio State. They are built to kind of limit explosive plays. 21st in terms of EPA per play on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Purdue is 11th in pass rate, uh, and that's not because they want to pass. That's because they don't have a running game. So they just pass at will, and Michigan's secondary should be able to limit this. Top five in EPA per pass this season. And I don't know what Michigan's incentive is to run up the score. They already proved their point last week. Blake Corum banged up. Donovan Edwards banged up. Uh, Shoemaker was a game-time decision. Offensive lineman um, Keegan was also a game-time decision. So I don't think you're going to see Michigan running up like they did last year in the Big Ten Championship against Iowa, Try and you know, gash Ohio State. I think that they just want to kind of go up two, three scores and sit on the ball. They're bottom 10 in terms of plays per minute this season, so they're not really running with a a ton of tempo anyway. Key number of 51, I'll take the under here. I think this – Looks a lot. Something, you know, 27-13, 31-13. I see this game more in the 40s. Uh, these are two teams that have been totaled in the 40s a lot Um, in their recent Big Ten games. Uh, Bill, Michigan guy, any yeah, thoughts on I, the game? We haven't talked about Big Ten championship. Yeah. Wrestling. Any thoughts here? I,
3: I, I really like really this pick here, taking the under. I mean, j- j- just looking at Jim Harbaugh, his philosophy and how he runs his offense, mm-hmm. very ball control. He does not run up the score. I mean – Ohio State's a whole different. Yeah, animal. that's different.
2: That, that's like in its own. You can put that aside. Like it's Ohio State. Yeah.
3: I mean, the, the Iowa game last year kind of got out of control too. There was like a you know the, the floodgate just opened for the Michigan offense mm-hmm. in the, last year's Big Ten championship. I mean, but I mean he he's you know the, the Harbaugh offense. You know it's all about the ball control. You know he likes to get he likes to get ahead and he likes to control the ball take the clock off you've seen a lot of their games this year they've done exactly that like he does not go for style points Mm -hmm. never goes for style points they don't need
2: style points that like they they don't they did it they're they're good that's that's part of the handicap here is i like i make it like i think 50 and a half so like i don't have like some crazy number edge like i'm not projecting this to be 44 i just think stylistically this is going to play out like an under game
3: Oh yeah, I mean, I I I look at kind of like it kind of reminds me of like the 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 Nebraska, the Michigan Nebraska game earlier this year. Same exact, yeah, um, 100%. like I think I think this final score was like thirty to ten or thereabouts. Mm. I kind of see this game the same score, you know, yeah. around forty points, thirty to ten, something like that. You know, Michigan just gets an early lead, just you know tucks it in tries to run it out and get get in and just get their way to the to the playoff but then but then of course you have the spoiler maker fact uh, factor i think purdue is like what four and one against top five teams in the last
2: few years that, i know so, that's, uh, off uh, though. that's what people get <laughs> people get going there that's like a house of horrors for top five teams that yeah, yeah. in uh, iowa the, on a neutral though might be a little different we'll see though we'll see um no that was great stuff there on the big 10 championship so there's our segments, uh, we're going to do some best of the rest here. I mean, we pretty much hit on almost all the games. We'll get to the next few. Uh, yeah, just to re- run through our bets real quick. Bill is taking Kansas State money line against TCU. Utah plus three against USC. UCF plus three and a half against Tulane. And Clemson minus eight against North Carolina. And then for me in the Big 12 Championship, I'm going to take under 62. I'm going to grab Utah with the points plus three against USC. USC. Ohio money line plus one Oh five against Toledo. And I'm going to take the under 51 and a half in Michigan Purdue. So two more bets for me here in our best of the rest segment, Bill, if you have any other ones you want to rattle off, feel free, but I'm going to start UTSA North Texas over 67 and a half. I think this trickled up to 68 today. Still good at 68. I, I pegged this closer to like 71 um, each team top 20 in terms of place per minute. This UTSA offense is just electric with Frank Harris last year when they won the conference title, it was all about sincere McCormick in the running game. Frank Harris had been lights out completing 67% of his passes. The, U- the road runners offense scoring more than three points per drive. They've been awesome. Um, North Texas offense. Meanwhile, they're, they have a sick offensive line. Um, they're top 20 in sacks allowed. I think they're going to get the push up front and you look at this UTSA defense, you could beat them over the top bottom 20 and explosive pass and run plays. Like I said, both teams like to play fast. This total was 72 and a half last time they played earlier this season. UTSA one thirty-one twenty-seven. a lot of drives got stalled there. Um, in kind of the green zone, it was like, I think it was like single digits for both teams at half. Then it got going in the second half. Um, with a total of 72.5, I think this is a bit much, too much of an overreaction. So, I think the over 67.5 with UTSA North Texas. And then my last one, um, this went through a key number 17. I'll still lay it, though. Georgia minus 17.5 against LSU. I didn't buy into LSU when they went on this run against Alabama. I faded them the last few weeks. Now Jaden Daniels, inexplicably in the game last week, gets hurt. He's in a walking boot. Brian Kelly says he's going to play, but he's a walking boot week of the game that means he's not 100 he has over 800 yards rushing 11 touchdowns on the ground uh he needs his legs and you're going up against georgia of all teams this is not gonna be pretty i think lsu gets boat raced um weak point of the tigers defense bottom half nationally an epa per rush georgia um i think that they're gonna run all over them of course one of the best rush offense in the country um they haven't i guess had like that lights-out victory where they really ran it up on a team. They beat the crap out of Tennessee, but scoreline didn't show that. I think they want to one-up Michigan after they beat Ohio State. I think they want to run the score up. So it's 17-and-a-half now. I'd still light. I'd make this game closer to 20, honestly, and that's not even adjusting for Daniels being hobbled. So, like I said, UTSA North Texas over 67-and-a-half and Georgia minus 17-and-a-half. Bill, any other games we didn't get to you want to hit on? We're going to answer some questions in a few minutes, but anything else you want to touch while we – uh Get some questions pulled up.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I'll I just go on the, the two games that you just brought up. Um, you know, same here. Look at looking at a UTSA versus North Texas. Um, you know, my my model has you know UTSA at, um, you know, projected twelve point five spread. So definitely, you know, w- taking the points there. Um, you know Georgia game. I'm actually looking looking back that that I thought the Georgia Tech game, Georgia Georgia Tech was much closer than it ended up being. I don't yeah. know where I was. Oh, I was probably too busy celebrating the <laughs> Michigan victory on Saturday. I thought that was much closer. So you know my my, my model actually has, um you know ha, has Georgia you know not covering for that only winning by okay. a ten point three. But you know, um, you know you know but again you know I I might you know go against that you know just. Um, like I said, I thought that the GT game was much closer. Uh, I know they played uh, Kentucky really close the the week before. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, not, not, not a lot of other games to to pick from this week.
2: Yeah, no, there's, there's two games. I'm just going to bring them up before we answer one question in the chat, but, uh, coastal Troy, uh, Troy, this number, uh, shifted all the way to like 10 and a half Troy because Grayson McCall has obviously been hurt. Uh, game time decision. Jamie Chadwell said, we'll know on Wednesday. This is of course being recorded on Tuesday. So we don't know his status. I did see this morning though, went from 10 and a half back down to eight and a half. So maybe some people are thinking McCall, who I believe was a high ankle sprain. They said he would miss three to six weeks. He's been out four weeks. So this is kind of the, the time that he would maybe return. So maybe some people are expecting McCall back in the lineup. Uh, any thought there, I, this is probably stay away from me just with McCall's status. Um, if it gets back over 10, though, I kind of lean towards Coastal just because I don't trust Troy's offense to really win with margin.
3: Yeah, I mean, my, my model here has, you know, uh, a close one here. Uh, I think it looks like I have Troy winning by a field goal. Okay, um, That's where the, yeah. opener, the opener, yeah. I
2: think, was like four. And then, of course, McCall being out, that throws everything out of whack. He's yeah. so important. so. It's
3: kind, of, it's kind of crazy. It seems like, there's a lot of big injuries. Oh yeah. In there's there's so,
2: a bunch of, a bunch um, of key, key guys that are like, we have no idea if they're going to play.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, you see where some of the computer models could fall short. So I'll be really, really yeah. curious to see how, you know, how these hold up. My computer model done pretty decently, you know, uh, for most of this year, I'm kind of curious to see how how uh, these injuries and everything affect it. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Hopefully and then the last that. one, yeah. uh, Fresno at Boise. Boise, this is looking like a juice three, three-and-a-half point home favorite against Fresno. I mean, two teams that have been in just complete – I mean, like early season, Hayner gets hurt. Uh, Bob, Hank Bachmeyer, the Boise State tran- uh, quarterback, he's transferring. They fire their offensive coordinator. Boise uh, now shot out of a cannon. Both teams have won like – yeah. I've like 7 of 8 or whatever. So, they're both in the matchant or Mountain West Championship game. Any thought here Bill on this one? I'm kind of leaning towards the Boise side, but I, this might be just a total stay away. Yeah, I mean, I I
3: looking at the efficiency numbers and the advanced metrics, you know, I, I think Boise clearly has an advantage mm. um, on on uh, on defense over yeah over a, a fresno uh my model has has boise winning by two points so not not covering but um yeah again to just just looking at the charts looking at the, the offensive defensive metrics i think there there is a, you know a pretty clear advantage you know to boise heading into this one
2: yeah and then robbie april asked in the chat uh north dakota state plus 550 when the fcs title bill do you do fcs numbers on your site Can oh I, boy th- this is this is out of my realm i i'm out of this one <laughs>
3: I really so you know what I've had people want requesting uh, FCS stuff for the longest time started adding FCS you know lines and data and statistics (laughs) this season is the first season that I've made it available on my site okay however I myself have not really you know done any my own advanced numbers or models on a lot of FCS stuff yet
2: all right so Robbie go check out (laughs) collegefootballdata.com and you could come to your own conclusions uh but maybe next year we'll do like an FCS segment uh and see if we get anything maybe like um, even when they're playing the FBS uh, teams and stuff. But yeah, no, thank you to everyone in the comments who is you know, getting involved in the chat. Um, just a few more housekeeping notes before we wrap up here. Uh, bowl schedule. So we're going to do December 6th. We're going to have some content out on some bowl pick stuff. The bowls are going to be released on Sunday and maybe into Monday. But um, next week, we will have some bowl content for you. Then we're going to do a live show December 13th with – bowl games and college football playoff semifinal previews. And then we'll be back on January 4th in the new year to talk some national title um, previews, breakdowns, everything you're going to need. We'll do a little small episode there, but Bill can't thank you enough for coming on the show. That's at CFB data on Twitter. collegefootballdata.com is his website. You can check out all my plays for conference championship week on my bet stamp at RW 33 there. And a big shout out to Sean Daly behind the scenes. Uh, you know, producing the show and putting it all together. So until then, we will see you next week for our College Bowl Pick'em Show. Have a great conference championship week and may all your bets hit.